Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Thursday, June the 2nd. This is episode number 152. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Going okay, Rod. Another week closer to the regular season. Yeah, we have a few weeks left, but you're right. They're they're, they're uh, kind of ticking away, right? Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, just another, uh, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I was going to say just another hot day in the summer, but I mean, uh, you know, we're not even to the hot days yet. Right. <laughs> kind of funny. We're pushing 90 every day. Um, anyways, uh, our guest tonight, uh, joining us is, uh, is Eric Wheeler. Eric's joining us from, from Columbus, right, Eric? Yes, sir. Um, how are things going? Good, man. Uh, you know, kind of the dog days for NFL, but at least it's getting a little bit warmer out. Yeah, so. yeah, it's not bad. I mean, we were, you know, it's, it's only been a few weeks ago. We were, you know, had the heat on and everything. So I'm not going to complain about, uh, you know, being a little bit warm now. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, we'll hear a little bit more about uh, about your story here in just a little bit, Eric. Uh, but people can follow you. And I want to get this right. Um, I don't think I wrote it down correct, but you're uh, on Twitter. You're at underscore Eric Wheeler, and it's E-R-I-C-W-H-E-E-L-E-R. And you have uh, underscore before and after Eric Wheeler. Yes, sir. Okay, just kind of make it stand out a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Yes, Aside sir. from any of the other Eric Wheelers who are on that. Yeah. We already on, been through uh, that confusion today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Okay, so um, so uh, Eric and I are uh, drinking a little something tonight, and Eric, you're the uh, you're the guest, so we always let the guests go first on the Blitz Beverages. So, why don't you tell everybody about uh, about what you're drinking tonight and maybe why you enjoy it? Yeah, well, tonight I just I'm sipping on a Bud Light Orange. Um, I like to keep it light in the summer, you know, kind of fruity taste. Um, but really, any light beer goes. I'm not too picky. I like all the seltzers and stuff too, especially when it's warmer out. But yeah, when it's warmer, I'll kind of go away from my normal, you know, I kind of go away from like Miller Light and Bud Light and go into the, like the White Claws and the Bud Light Oranges and the Limes and stuff like that. So, yeah. And I was doing okay until you said the White Claw. <laughs> That's, I, I figured I was going to get that. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, you know, I, I like, uh, I like orange. Um, I I'll uh, and my brother will probably get on me here, but um, you know I don't I don't drink a lot of, of Budweiser and stuff, but um, you know I, I like orange flavor, so I might have to try one. Yes, sir. I'm actually you're drinking orange. I'm drinking a, I'm drinking a red, and um, this is Brewdog. It's called Fake Empire, and it's a red ale. It's five percent. Um, you know, guys, I I used to drink quite a few reds and i think i liked them i don't know this is okay i don't think i like red ales as much anymore because i've been drinking other stuff um it's just not you know it, it's fine it's nothing against brew dog or anything i just don't think i like a red ale like i used to converted you to ipas them. well yeah jeff converted me to ipas and i've been drinking those and i've been drinking you know the other stuff that i like anyways and I really haven't had a lot of reds over the past probably five, 
five or ten years. So it's just not a flavor that really hits me, you know, as well as it used to. So um, if you like reds, I'm sure this is good. But uh, but yeah, I think um, I think reds are kind of sliding off my list a little bit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> So, uh, so Eric, we uh, something we do for uh, first time first timers on the podcast is uh, we, we let them talk about their Browns journey, just kind of how you became a fan. Um, anything you'd like to share about your uh, about your history or your journey or life as a Browns fan? So I'm gonna turn it over to you and whatever you'd like the listeners to to know about. Um, it's all it's all you. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, not to simplify it or be short, really, but, you know, I was just kind of born in a Browns fandom, you know, through my grandpa and my dad. So, you know, whether that's a blessing or a curse, I haven't really found out yet. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, just as soon as I can remember, that's always who we rooted for. And I'm for, I was from Northwest Ohio, so now living in Columbus, it's a little weird to see, like, it's kind of weird to see Ohio State dominate the way it does in this city, you know what I mean? Or even Cincinnati, too. Like, uh-huh. there's so many more Cincinnati fans and Cleveland fans down here. Mm, that, that's probably, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Jeff. Do you have any comment on that? Maybe, um, I don't know if, if people in Columbus kind of just go with the front runner or not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. I don't want to be me. I don't know. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow's from Athens, so I'm sure a lot of people probably started following the Bengals when Joe got got uh, drafted, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to say they're not legitimate Bengals fans, um, but, you know, um, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I know I think Columbus is probably split up between uh, Browns, Steelers, and, and Bengals, and whoever's doing the best, their fans are probably the noisiest. Yep, that's a good point. Honestly, Rod, going back to when we lived in Columbus, um, Columbus is first and foremost a college football town. And that's true. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Yeah. I mean, the NFL is kind of secondary anyway. So there's not a lot of loyalty, I don't think. Yeah, I think you're right. I would say you're right. So, Eric, you said you you were born in Northwest Ohio? Yes, sir. So, um, you want to share what city? Yeah, area? my hometown's uh, Port Clinton, Ohio, if you guys know where that is. Yep. Yeah, that's my hometown. So right, you know, about 10 minutes west of Sandusky. If you've ever been to Putin okay. Bay, we're kind of the last stop before you go over there. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Nice. Nice. Well, cool. Well, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people are born into this. Um, you know, and the blessing or curse thing is kind of, I guess, it's, it's how you take it. And um, <laughs> it's... Uh, you know, it depends on your, you know, the seasons that you, that your, you know, that your life covers <laughs> and kind of depends what the future holds too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's more of a, we're going to see what happens type of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, right now, at least we, you know, we've got some things to be hopeful about, um, you know, definitely an interesting roster. So, uh, so yeah, it's definitely not, not a terrible time to be a Browns fan. We've seen a lot worse, right? Uh, yes, that's that's for sure. <laughs> so okay, let's uh, let's move on to um, Browns news and um, yeah, guys. Other than OTAs, uh, second week wrapping up uh, today. Um, you know, there's there's not a bunch going on right now. Um, we know this. Um, 
wish had all kinds of great big things to talk about, but um, there's not a lot. Uh, we, we did since uh, since the last show, we got the breakdown on uh, David Njoku's contract. Um, Jeff, did you get a chance to look at this? I still don't feel any better about it, but yeah. I mean, some people are are really excited about it, you know, and um, I mean, it, it's still it's still the same uh, total amount. It's still the same amount of guaranteed money. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's a uh, it's a contract where his where his base is very very low in twenty two, and you know, it, it's uh, what a million dollars in twenty two. Uh, 4.5 and 23 and you know and then it goes up to 13 million and 24 and um, 14 million and and 25 so you know it's if if you want to get on this train and say you know well it gives them two more years to develop you know before then okay if you know if he needs seven <laughs> eight years to develop then that's so be it um, right I, I i don't know um I, I guess, uh, you know, Jeff and Jeff and I have been talking about David Njoku for, I don't know, what, about six months, Jeff, or maybe feels like six years. Yeah, so, I think um, we've been talking about him since he was drafted, but um, pretty much. Pretty yeah, much, so. you know, yeah, uh, um, I don't know how much more I, I can beat up the, the whole idea of paying a guy who really hasn't produced. But, you know, there's there's a lot of conversation about. Um, how much better he's going to be um, with Deshaun Watson and a, and a different offense and, and all that. And the potential's always been there and he's going to be featured in the offense is what, you know, coach is saying now. Um, okay. Yeah. Go, go out and go out and perform. Go out yeah, and prove go show us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll be the first one, like I said last week to say, good job. The contract's a steal now. Well done. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and, and I mean, I guess the I guess the way people are seeing this is by the time he's making this thirteen and fourteen million a year, there will be a lot of guys making that much. Is kind of the justification. Okay, other guys are going to get their paydays, you know. So his deal looked good at that point. Um, he's still got he's still being paid right now based on the total uh, package. Like he's one of the top what five tight ends in the league, which right. is really tough to argue that he is. Um, right. It just is. So um, you know, but uh, like we've said, um, just because we don't like the deal doesn't mean we don't want to see him succeed. You know, root yeah. for, I root for every guy in the team. You yeah. know, I want to see him do well, and we really don't know what's going to happen in the new yeah, offense. Kind of um, yeah. just like a futures, like it was a future contract. I kind of feel the way about his contract I do the draft where it's kind of like I don't know if we got a lot of guys this year that are going to produce right away you know what I mean in the draft specifically mm-hmm. kind of feels like we're not going to know for two or three years and I didn't know that's the way most drafts go but even our early rounds this year you know what I mean like we took a corner and at that corner is, is he going to see play time over Greedy Williams this year you know assuming he'd be a third corner mm-hmm. and then uh going back to Njoker real quick I mean, like we said, it's kind of a futures contract. We're betting on his upside, which, I mean, I, I, I've talked myself into it. When I first saw it, I didn't love it. Don't get me wrong. But as I have more time, I've kind of talked myself into it, just doing doing research, you know. Like, like who says that the cap goes up in another year that guys like Kittle and Kelsey, like especially Kelsey, Kelsey's probably going to be collecting one more big payday. 
before his contract's up. And the way the receivers all just got paid, I'm sure the tight ends are going to want in on that in another year or two if the cap goes up like they think, you know? Yeah, especially the way Kelsey, you know, puts numbers up like a receiver. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and, and that's really that's really our argument, Eric, is is that, you know, we can't put them in the same conversation right now. Oh, you know, absolutely if, not. If they absolutely were in the not. same conversation, then, you know, we wouldn't be talking about the contract. I mean, it would yeah. it would be a no brainer. But but yeah. when you're you know, when you're signing core guys, okay, and, and that's really what the Browns have been doing for the last couple of years now, is signing core guys. Okay. Uh, it started with Miles Garrett and then you know, the last one was Denzel Ward. Okay, you've you've signed guys who are who are in the primes of their career, who are maximizing production, and you're going out and, and, and you're spending money to to keep that that core together. Okay, that that foundation that we've always talked about the Browns needing up until the last few seasons, you know, where they never had those guys, you know, signing those those extensions, those second contracts. Okay. Um, you know, and then we've got, you know, nine or 10 guys now under contract who, who more or less fall into that category. OK, yeah. um, that are all, you know, getting paid really well. Um, and to do that with a, a tight end who, let's just be honest, he, he hasn't he hasn't performed at that level. I mean, you, you can see the potential. OK, but um, he just has not played up to that expectation. And, you know, to to, to commit the, the dollars to him, knowing that there are still other guys behind him that are going to be looking for contracts. OK, Greedy's one. Okay, and, mm-hmm. and you know, there's there's a handful more in the next season or two that are going to be looking for contracts. Okay, um, at some point you have to say, well, you know, is that really the best place to spend a bunch of money? And I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I, I, I like Rod said many times. You know, we're going to root for players to do well. Um, I'm just not in love with this one, and yeah. and I just I'm, I'm having a hard time feeling good about going into camp with him as, you know, our, basically our tight end, that, that, that's the guy we've committed to. Yeah. You know, I, I wish yeah. I felt better yeah. about it. And I didn't mean, I didn't mean to compare him and Kelsey cause he's absolutely not on Kelsey's level. I just meant that maybe they're trying to get like, cause obviously they see something we haven't seen, right? Like they see something in a joker that we have not seen on the field yet. Production. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I guess, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. I think whoever they see, is like what I mean, I guess. I'm sorry, I'm worried I worded it wrong in the beginning. But I think like right. we're trying to get ahead of the market a little bit, maybe. That's I, like I said, I just try to sure. talk myself into sure, it. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's like there obviously are... he's still got he still has all the athletic upside. Like right. you, there's no doubt he's a physical freak. Right. You just gotta see it see it, you know, transition onto the field. Well yeah, there, I mean, there are there are a whole lot of, you know, way smarter football people out there than us, you know, who, oh, yeah. who are who are, you know, um, extolling the virtues of, of David and Joku and, and, you know, how great he's going to be in this new offense and everything. And like, again, like I said, okay, uh, show me. Well, show me we we haven't seen the offense you. yet either guys, you know? Right. Yeah. And and we do maybe know once we start seeing this, it, I mean, the other thing is, you know, he, these are, this is his, uh, this contract takes him from 26 to 29. This should be his prime years, you know, um, assuming that he progresses like the Browns think he will, 
assuming he fits into this offense like the Browns think he will, um, you know, and, um, you know, he still he just still needs to grow. I mean, we we just haven't seen we haven't seen the production. And, you know, people people aren't going to like that because everybody's going to say, well, you didn't get the targets and all this and that. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I really don't think he's he's earned the targets up to this point. And I don't want to get into the whole Austin Hooper thing, you know, um, you know, and Joku got targets last year. Hooper got targets and, you know, neither one of them had a big season. So, um, and Joku pretty much had one, one really nice game last year where he, where you saw what he could do, but it was one game. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, man, I, I would love to see that happen in, in three or four games next season. You know, and then in the other games, he's catching, you know, three balls for, you know, for 30, 40, 50 yards. And, and you can take that. And but, generally, too, don't you guys think most tight ends, like, hit their stride, like, after their rookie deal? You know what I mean? Like, think about, like, Eric Ebron, who didn't really have his good years until Indiana, really. Or, you know, Delaney Walker, Vernon Davis, even, San Francisco. Like, all those guys kind of hit their stride later in the – I don't know. Like, I just have I have hope that we shouldn't like I know he's played four years, but tight ends do kind of take longer to get into their stride. You know what I mean? Just over overall in general. Yeah, well, league, he's, he's like. played five seasons, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's played yeah. five. But uh, a first crazy. round pick and first round pick. And he played out his 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 rookie deal, which was for five years um, without an extension offered until after the fifth year which is yeah. really unusual um, as a first-round pick, um, you know, to, to be franchise-tagged and then extended. Um, yeah, look, I, it doesn't I'm, happen. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on, on, you know, him playing really well and being featured. And, um, I, I'm just, like I said, got. I'm starting to look at the money, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and right now, yeah, the Browns have the most cap space in the NFL, um, but we're already 30 million over the cap for next year. So, you know, we're going to carry almost all of that over into next year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just balance um, things out. Yeah. Right. And so, so, yeah. you know, we're getting to the point now where we've, we've pretty much maximized the money that we can spend. Okay. Before we're going to have to start making decisions on guys and, and not being able to go out and sign guys like Jadavian Clowney in future seasons. Okay, so if if my choice is between, you know, David and Joku, you know, a, a, a six, seven, eight, eight, nine years of David and Joku versus, um, you know, being able to go find a free agent defensive end opposite Miles Garrett, you know, with my 11 or 13 or 15 million dollars, um, you know, and, and I, I probably can get almost produ- as much production out of um I'll just say a, a, a rookie draft choice or a free agent tight end, um, then that starts to look like money that we've really spent pretty unwisely. Um, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends what um, what the Browns actually see in Njoku and his role. Because, you know, if, if they're looking at using him as a big part of the offense – Okay. Okay. And if it works out that way, great. 
it, if he is going to be the guy to move the chains once in a while and to be a red zone target once in a while, then, yeah, you can do that with a, a, a free agent tight end, a guy who's in his you know early 30s for, you know, for probably half the money or less, you know, um, and do the same thing. If, if they're going to rely on him more, um, then yeah, then I, I can see it. And, and um, Eric, I do think you make a good point that not all, but some tight ends do develop later. Um, you know, I, I would probably have to look at a bigger sample size, but I mean, you, you make a good case there for some guys, definitely. I mean, some guys come out and, and uh, play pretty well early on, but um, I think most of them, it probably takes them at least a few years uh, to get going in the NFL. Yeah, and part you know, of this too is we don't know what the. I mean, to some point, to some extent, we don't know what the offense is going to look like. You know what I mean? And I yeah. mean, shoot, the last time Watson played, he almost did. Did Fells make the Pro Bowl that year? Or wasn't he close with the Texans? He he looked like a Pro Bowler playing for him. I think he I think he had like eight hundred yards and eight or nine touchdowns that year with Watson. And yeah, and he I, was I with mean, the Browns. He was with the Browns yeah. shortly before that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he was okay with the Browns, but um, yeah, if, I guess you know, if you have a quarterback who knows how to use the tight end, as long as as long as the tight end catches the damn ball, you're okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know. Yep. So so we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I think we're all pretty close to the same spot on David and Joku. Yeah, um, it's just a big we'll see for all of us, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, you know, I mean, we hope it's a good deal. Um, it has potential to be a good deal. It has potential to be, eh, you know, maybe they should have drafted somebody and done something else. So so we'll see. But, you know, hopefully it turns out well. Guys, I, I saw this. Um, uh, there was a little article on the uh, on the Browns app about uh, Jakeem Grant. I don't know if you guys saw this. Just um, him talking about how he's. You know, just within the past season or so, he feels like he's seeing the ball better and everything on punt returns. Uh, he feels like he has a shot at, at four punt return touchdowns this season. <laughs> and, and he has had one, one each of the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys feel about this? Um, do you think four that's is a lot? Force a lot, and I, sorry, I was going to have that app open to that story. Um, it, it's been done, I think, four times by four different guys, and um, only a couple have been recently at all. But um, you know, I don't know if we want to go over under on this or how we want to handle this. <laughs> I'm taking the under. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're all going to take the under on that one. That's a lot. Well, not I wouldn't go at four. I was going to say over under like um, one and a half or two and a half, maybe. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What What's a realistic, uh, you know, amount for somebody to to shoot for? You know, in something like this, because going from one to four, um, it, you know, it's fantastic. But uh, but man, that's you know that that's a big number. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I'll say this, Rod. Um, I hope he gets a whole bunch of them. Um, <laughs> and I, to do, somebody has to block for him. And where this roster sits with a lot of really talented young guys, I don't think there's a whole lot of guys who are in love with special teams. Um, 
you know, Jerome Ford might be the exception to that. Um, and a couple other guys who, you know, who look forward to having an impact on special teams. But um, I don't see that being mm. the primary focus of, of a lot of our guys on this roster. So, He's going to need some help. Know, yeah. Let's see, yeah well, if nobody blocks. Help. If nobody blocks, I, I mean, you guys. Well, you guys know he's not a big dude. He's not gonna. He's not gonna survive if nobody blocks for him. First of all, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, guys. Here. Here are the four players who have done it. Um, Jack Christensen did it in 1951. Okay, I've heard of him. I don't know if you guys have. Okay, I have not. Uh, uh, Rick Upchurch in 1976. Uh, Devin Hester, who you knew was going to sh- turn up on this list, and right. Patrick Peterson both did it in 2011. Oh, Patrick Peterson. I wouldn't have guessed that one. Yeah, they did it the same year as uh, as uh, Devin Hester, 2011. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty uh, tough list to get on. Well, first uh, of all, you know, teams aren't punting nearly as much as they used to. Well, that's true. Teams are going for it more on fourth down. Um, right. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're if you're playing the Chargers, you know, you may never get a chance to return one. <laughs> so, well, it's true. That's I mean, true. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's 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 pretty lofty goals, I think. Yeah. I mean, you, you want a guy to come in and and have goals and you know and uh, confidence. Confidence. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Don't, I'd say don't one get, and a half don't get killed to be out. safe. <laughs> right. Let's just say that one and a half to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> Four one and a half to over under. I'm still taking the under. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll be I'm, thrilled to death if he gets two. Yeah, I'm, I might take the over just to say he improved, you know? If you go from one to two, there you go. You improved. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you guys remember the last time the Browns had a punt return for a touchdown? No. Oh, God. I, I honestly. I'm going to say Josh Cribbs. Well, no, no, he was doing kickoffs, wasn't he? I mean, I don't know if, if he ever returned mm. punts. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I know he returned some. I know he returned a kickoff for a touchdown because they play it all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he returned. He returned several. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. I think he. I think he did probably did some punts too, but I think eventually he was just doing kickoffs primarily. Right. But um. But yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there has to be somebody who's returned a punt for a touchdown since Eric Metcalf. <laughs> but I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. I don't so know. Um, just just to see, you know, if we could see one or two this season, it would be thrilling. It really would. So, anyways, um, guys, that's pretty much it for the news. Okay. <laughs> so uh, there's not a lot out there. Um, I mean, OTAs, you know, uh, this was week two. Um, you got one more week next week. Uh, and um, that's going to wrap it up until Browns get to mandatory minicamp, which is oh. the following week. And you then, guys, do you guys uh, want to know who the last guy to return a punt for a touchdown was? I sure, if you got it. It was 2015. Do you guys want to take any guesses? 2015? Mm-hmm. Travis Benjamin. Yep, nah. 78 yards against the Tennessee Titans. Travis Benjamin. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably like Makes his sense. last season with the Browns. Pretty close right. to it. 
he's still playing for somebody. It's for uh, is it San Francisco he plays for now? Yeah, he's. I think he's man, still. Man, he's got to be in his mid to late thirties by now. I think he's been playing a long time. Okay, very nice though, and good guess, Jeff. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, so let's see. So, uh, Miles and David Joku practiced this week. Yeah, guys who didn't practice. You know, the, this is voluntary, guys, so it really doesn't matter. Guys kind of show up and practice, you know, some days and not other days based on how they're doing and, and everything. And the team really doesn't seem to, to care at this point. So I really don't even think it's much of a, a concern or, or really anything to talk about as far as who's there. There were only a few guys who weren't there Um I think what I saw was yesterday, actually. So, Jakeem Grant, Batonio, Conklin, and Clowney were out yesterday. Um, I don't know about today. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't find that. So, um, it's pretty much it. Um, Sean Watson's pretty much taken all the snaps, so we can get used to the the uh, playbook and everything. Um, Has and, Conklin uh, been on the field at all yet, Rod? I do not know. That's that's kind of a big one. I'm just, you know, watching to see his I, progress. I think, I think with him, I think they were pretty happy that he was going to be re- – that they thought he was on target for the beginning of the season. So my guess yeah. is he's not doing anything now. Yeah, I, I'd did be they, surprised. Did they rework his deal? What? So what's his deal now? I know they brought his cap number down. Right. Um, I think they guaranteed him – some money this year um yeah i'm trying to to remember to lower his cap number okay Mm -hmm. so is he a free agent after this season then uh yeah i believe um okay yeah i believe so thank you okay sorry about that that's okay because i because he had he had a bigger number and it was non-guaranteed so the browns guaranteed him less money right i think to keep him for this season so it, it was a good deal for both of them, right. mm. but yeah, I think it's so it's the last season, the last uh, the last year on his contract. So, yeah, so yeah. just you know, real real quick sidebar. I mean, another case in point of of a place we're going to have to spend money. Um, you know, right tackle, um, and then you know, Jed's got what one more year on his deal after this season. Um, so both our tackles are. Well, is Jed be- entering. Jed's going into year. Three or four? Three? He's, yeah. Three, he's, right? He's going into. What do you guys three. think about Jed? Well, I, I, do you guys I think, think he's a franchise left tackle? Or, I mean, I, I just don't know how I feel about him, man. It's, as soon as I get excited about him, I feel like he, he got hurt, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think. Um, well, I think we need to see how he does this season. And, you know, I'm I'm reserving judgment because you know he he was hobbled last year, so um, you know, and and uh, it's really hard to grade a guy <laughs> at left tackle when they're playing hurt. Mm-hmm. So I I think he's going to be fine, but mm-hmm. um, you know, you just got to say, yeah. I, um, you know, I mean, I mean, there there's the option if they. If they really don't think he's, you know, if they don't like what he does this, this season, I guess you can, 
and they think he can uh, do better at right, then, you know, they could do that too. But um, I mm-hmm. think they would probably prefer to keep him at left. Yeah. And, you know, assume he, he plays well there, um, you know, and then for, just figure out right tackle. Yeah. It's a lot easier yeah. to find a right tackle than a left tackle. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think he's going to be fine. Let's just hope, let's hope he can stay healthy this season. It'd be nice to just see him. Same healthy this season, and right. uh, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be all right. Yeah. Um, speak, speaking of offensive linemen, did you guys see that Alex Mack retired? I did. Yeah, man. Uh, after 13 seasons, um, a few of them with the Browns. Mm-hmm. It seems that, like so long ago that he was with the Browns. Do you guys remember that offensive line we used to have with him and Joe Thomas and who was it? Swartz was the right tackle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the guard, uh, oh, I forget the guard, the other guard's name. Oh, my God, man. I I just saw a video of him today, and I was like, I forgot how randomly good that offensive line was when the rest of the team wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was all the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, um. I'll tell you what, guys. I I thought it would be kind of fun just to look at – it, rather than than uh, talking on and on about uh, OTAs, since none of us were there, <laughs> none of us saw these guys play. Um, I was just kind of thinking about uh, you know this this Browns roster has some has some really good talent on it, and kind of just wanted to talk through a few of these guys and and where you guys think. Some of these guys may either right now or or further on in their careers rank among Brown's all timers at their position. And some of these are pretty easy. Some of them are not. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a few guys written down, but we can talk about other guys if you want to. So, um, you know, I, I thought we'd just start with an easy one. And that's, um, um, I have Miles Garrett written down first as uh, as a defensive end. So there have actually been some good defensive ends who have played for the Browns. Um, you know, I have uh, Bill Glass is the guy who who just recently it's been discovered holds the Browns uh, all time total sack record, and I don't have that number in front of me. Um, you know, I, th- I thought of Jerry Shirk. Um, Lyle Alzado didn't play for the Browns for a super long time, but you know, he 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 was really good when he uh, um, when he was here, and um, just a guy who kind of energized the city, kind of changed the defense. Um, do you guys have anybody else who comes to mind at, at the defensive end? I, I got Miles down for mine, too, as my number one, at least. Yeah, so, um, Jeff, do you have anybody else that you're thinking of who might be, you know, one of the top defensive ends of all time in Cleveland? No, I, and you know, Miles is going to be around for a few more years, so I think he's going to put a lot of distance between himself and everybody else by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, so he's he's going to go down um, almost assuredly as the best defensive end ever playing Cleveland, right? 
we, we know he's going to be here. He's going to have a long career in Cleveland. You know, if, if, if his health holds up, I think he will be the best corner of all time in Cleveland. Um, and, and again, it's going to, it's probably going to be like miles. It's, it's not going to really be close when you look at it at the end of the day. Hmm. Um, again, as long as, as his health holds up, I think, you know, that that's going to be the case. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's honestly, that's, uh, I mean, that's kind of a tall mountain when, uh, when you think of the respect that, that Dixon and Minifield get. You know, I, I'm not I'm not arguing with you at all either. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, it's just yeah. impressive that he could that he could even think of being um, regarded that way. So, um, so yeah. So, um, so Eric, what are, what are your thoughts on Denzel and the uh, all-time corners? Yeah, so I kind of tried to keep my list to guys that I've seen. So, like, of course, Hayden and Ward are the first two guys that come to mind. And I do think Ward is – he just hits a different stride than Hayden. Like, I still think he's – I still I think he's smart. I think he's super physical, even though, like, he's not undersized at corner. But, you know, he's not well built for some of the, some of the receivers he plays a lot, especially in, you know, in the AFC North. But uh, I think I think it will be Ward when it's all said and done. With all due respect to the, you know, other guys you mentioned, the older guys on the list, it's just I just – I think hate Ward just has that, that X factor in him, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you guys. We're we're two for two on guys who could go down as the best players at their position in Browns history. So let's go to a little bit of a tougher, <laughs> tougher room now, and that's uh, Joel Batonio and Cleveland Browns guards. Okay, you, you guys think that uh, you know most people think of Browns with running backs. Um, Browns fit some pretty darn good guards as well um you know uh i mean and these are in no particular order um you know i just i just started writing names down um you know joe jody limelure and um i can think of think his name better than i can say it um uh you know and he didn't play his whole career in cleveland you know he um you know he he played a lot in buffalo and did he retire as a brown jeff do you remember or he goes somewhere after Cleveland. He he played in Cleveland for quite a while, I believe. I don't remember, Rod. Okay, but I'm I know not... he. I mean, he was part of the electric company in Buffalo, um, blocking for OJ. Um, yeah, and then he came over here sort of later in his career. But I think he played. He played several seasons in Cleveland anyway. So um, mm-hmm. I, I I didn't look it up, but um, yeah, I mean. He, He's uh, definitely an all-time all-timer at guard. Um, Gene Gene Hickerson, who we've talked about, um, you know, um, for the Browns, he I mean, he's he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he's so, legendary. Uh, legendary. He's legendary. Yeah. Um, prob- probably, um, if you're making a list of Browns guards, Gene Hickerson's number one. Um, mm-hmm. I think without a doubt. Um, Dick Shafrath, um, and then. Um, I mean, those are the three guys I wrote down, um, and there have been other other guys who could play guard in Cleveland for sure. But but those are those are the three guys I wrote down. Um, right. So uh, so what are your thoughts on, on Joel Batonio? Um, you know, 
I guess how he how he's going to be regarded when he retires. Um, let's look at it that way because he's um, you know he's he's starting to get up there. Um, you know, don't know how long he's going to play. He's I'm trying to remember how old he is. He's what's he going to be this year? Like like um, thirty or thirty one? I don't think he's thirty. I think he'll be thirty this year. Okay. I think. I mean, he's really not that old yet, honestly. I mean, guys play longer, but, um, you know, I guess it'll depend on his health and everything. He, you know, he could play quite a bit longer. Um, hard to say, but, um, I mean, he, yeah, he, he just, he's, just turned 30 on May 3rd. Okay. 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 I mean, he's been, he's been a heck of a player for the Browns, but how, how do you compare him with those other guys? Um, you know, and how's he how's he going to go down in Brown's lore, uh, you know, as a player? I mean, first thing I yeah. would have to say is, I mean, is he the long he's the long, longest tenure Brown on the roster right now, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is. So, I mean, that speaks for itself, man. You know, all the stuff that guy's been through being here. Um, I guess in that list, I'm always, I would put the Hall of Famers over him for right now mm-hmm. just because, like, how hard it is for offensive line to get recognition and be in the hall of fame in the NFL like that. And like part, part of me still like, Batonio still doesn't get the love he deserves. I don't think league wise, at least, at least, you know what I mean? Cause he's definitely yeah. in that elite range, but you know, they, everyone likes to show in I bet you'd ask most people, you know, who they think is better between Teller and Batonio. Most people that aren't bronze fans would probably say Teller cause they've seen the highlight. You know what I mean? But Batonio is Mr. Reliable. I think. Did you see that guy when he played left yeah. tackle? He didn't miss a beat. Like that's so special, man. You can just bump him out there and oh yeah, I, yeah. I how love many guys can do that? How many guys like, can do that? That's a different level of just smarts and ambition, man. Yeah, and and Hickerson and Delamalur are in the Hall Hall of Fame, and and um, Dick Shafrath I, is not in the Hall of Fame. I don't okay. believe, but he. But but he is a guy like Clay Matthews who there have been people saying for years that he should be there. So Jeffreth was was primarily a tackle, Rod. He was a, a was he primarily tackle, a tackle uh, for most for for most of his career? Yeah. Um, okay. I saw him on a yeah, guard last you know, summer. So. Yeah, he he might have played a little bit of guard too, but. Okay. Um, you know, I, okay. I think interior lineman wise, um, you know, the, the, the Browns organization has had some great ones. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, for Joel Batonio as a second round pick um, to be in the conversation um, with with Hall of Famers really says a lot about him. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just I, I don't I don't think it's the same conversation that that we're having on the last two guys just because no, of the no. level of play <laughs> that's ahead of him. You know, I mean, um, you know, nobody's. Well, yeah, I mean, D- Dixon and Minifield um, aren't, aren't even in the hall of fame, you know, Hanford Dixon and Frank right, Minifield aren't even right. in the hall of fame. Joe Lamalor and Gene Hickerson right. are, you know, two of the best that ever played. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, Betonio, by by virtue of his longevity, um, you know, as Eric said, his 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 consistency, uh, his ability to adapt, um, you know, he'll he'll be considered among the top guards. But um, you know, guard is a guard is a real hard position to to 
distinguish yourself at, you know, um, especially long term. So, you know, I think being in the in the top five or so uh, says an awful lot about him. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what he would have to do to, you know, at this point in his career to to be considered the top guy in Brown's history. I, I just I don't think I don't think it's possible. Yeah, I would agree with you. He He's not passing the top guys yeah, makes sense. Um, to be talked about as being one of the top five guards in Brown's history is pretty phenomenal. And in a statless position, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, you know, you can always look at the sacks given up and stuff like that, but they don't really have – there's not good stats for offensive linemen to yeah. like really compare them against each yeah. other, especially when you're talking about different times, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. So, so let's have uh, let's have some fun and let's talk about Nick Chubb because <laughs> now we're into uh, <laughs> now we're into um, what uh, what the Cleveland Browns really do and um, and that's produce ru- great running backs and um, yeah you, you know I, I've I've got the list in front of me um, we know who number one is we don't even have to give off you know tell everybody how many yards he had in his career because everybody has that number memorized right guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know all the listeners do too, so I'm not going to insult anybody by saying it. So anyways, <laughs> so, um, so, uh, right now, Nick Chubb has, uh, 4,816 rushing yards. Okay. Um, Kevin Mack is at, uh, 5,123. So that's 307 yards away. Um, Greg Pruitt is at 5496 that's 680 yards away okay um mike pruitt 6540 so that is 1724 yards Eh, you know um he's probably going to pass two of these guys this season it would take a really big season for him to pass uh mike pruitt this season not that he can't do it right uh depends on the browns offense um you know, um, Nick Chubb's capable of 1,700 yards in a 17-game season, but you just don't know what they're going to do, um, especially with, when they have, like, 12 running backs on the roster. Um, and then uh, um, above Mike Pruitt is Leroy Kelly, a Hall of Famer, with 7,274 yards. Uh, he is 2,458 yards uh, ahead of Nick Chubb. So two seasons, okay? Um, two seasons, and Nick Chubb could essentially be number two on the Browns uh, Browns all-time rushing list. So um, I'm kind of giving you guys the answers here, but um, <laughs> I think everybody kind of feels the same way about Nick Chubb. But I, I want, I'm going to let you guys weigh in on this. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about him? You know, how does he go down in the history of Browns, uh, running backs? Um, and, uh, Eric, I'm going to pitch you the softball. Here it comes. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and Jim Brown is on a pedestal. I mean, obviously, I think when you talk about greatest of all time and you take positions out of it, he's in that conversation. So I'm just, I just, I'm going to say that I think Nick Chubb can get up to Leroy Kelly. 
The touchdowns will be interesting in two years because I think Leroy still has a couple more touchdowns, like a lot more touchdowns than Chubb right now. I mean, obviously he played more, but uh, I'm going to say Chubb can get to second on the list before his career is over. Yeah, yeah. And he's chasing goats. I don't think he'll – if he caught Jim Brown, that would be incredible. There's no way. There's just – it's not going to happen. And Jim Brown's another 5,000 yards. You you can – let's put it this way for, for everybody. Um, you can take Nick Chubb's yards right now, combine them with Leroy Kelly's, and they still come up short of, yeah. of Jim Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just a little bit, but they come up, they come up a couple hundred yards or about 100 yards short. So, yeah. So, Jeff, your thoughts on Nick Chubb? Yeah, you, you thought the bar was high at interior line, right? Um, four Hall of Famers. Jim yeah. Brown, Leroy Kelly, Bobby Mitchell, Mary Molly, um, all in this category. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I and I, I didn't even mention those guys right. because um, he, he's already passed Mary and Motley, so I didn't even mention him. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, it's it's tough across different eras, you know. But um, Nick Chubb again need, needs to stay healthy, and and yeah, I think he he probably retires number two on the list. That's that's not an unreasonable goal. Um, yeah. So that that probably is enough to you know, and I think in most Browns fans' minds to say back to wear a Browns uniform. Um, but that might not be enough to get him in the Hall of Fame. Just crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah. Just because of how that- good we regard him as, man. Like, ah, oh, that sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see when he, what he ends up doing. You know, how long he plays. Um, yeah. You know, I just don't know. I mean... I feel like he's got a lot in the tank. Um, the Browns have not overused him at all. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the guy loves football. I, I don't see. I, I don't know if he's a guy who would hang on forever, because I feel like he's got a lot of pride. So yeah. I think. I think if he started to like, like his skills really started to diminish, he would he would retire. But I think that he's a guy who would who would bust his ass to keep playing. And, and really enjoy it for as long as he was doing well. Yeah. So the thing about Nick Chubb too is like when people, I always hate the comparison. Like I understand everyone gets compared to Derrick Henry because he's the best running back in the league right now. But when you look at the averages, man, like Nick Chubb towers over everybody. Okay, he gets fifty percent more carries than Nick Chubb. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like <laughs> no, no crap. You'd have more yards and touchdowns. Like you imagine if we gave <laughs> Nick Chubb the ball thirty times a game. I know it's just it's too different. It's two totally different schemes, uh, two totally different guys. Um, you, you can't just tell me that Derrick Henry's a better running back than Nick Chubb. He, he, you know, it's just it's just different. It's just totally different. So, um, okay, I, guys, I, I wrote down Amari Cooper, but this is more about wide receiver on the Browns. Because this position is so interesting because almost the Browns don't have a great history of wide receivers. They don't. Um, as far as guys putting up huge numbers, 
okay? The Browns' best wide receivers played a long, long time ago, okay? Um, Dante Lavelli, Gary Collins, um, Paul Warfield, who didn't play his whole career in Cleveland, um, and uh, Max Speedy, who, you know, played back when the Browns first started, you know, began, um, Ray Renfro, all, all these guys, you know. Um, so, you know, you take those guys away and you're looking at guys like uh, uh, Reggie Rucker, Webster Slaughter, Dave Logan, um, Brian Brennan. Um, but the guy who uh, the guy who actually leads the Browns in receiving yards is Dante Lavelli with 6,488, if I'm reading my writing properly. I wrote near the edge of the page, sorry. Um, yeah, that was another guy back in the 40s, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he played in 40s, uh, maybe, maybe in the 50s. I don't know if he was there at the very beginning. Uh, Max Speedy was, but Dante Lavelli was, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely pretty early on, you know, along with Ray, Ray Renfro. Ray Renfro was probably in the 50s, 60s. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know exactly when all these guys played without looking at them. Um, Gary Collins was, uh, Gary Collins played a little bit later. He played in the, uh, he played in the, in the what, in the 60s is when, when he started. So 60s Late and the 60s, 70s. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. got his. I I just uh, tweeted a picture of his rookie card a while back. I can't remember what year it was though. Anyways, <laughs> so um, point the point being, how hard would it be for a guy to, um, with the way the ball is thrown now, to to put some good seasons together, a, a quality receiver, and and get his name up on this on one of these lists? You know, right. you wouldn't think that hard. You know, um. It, you uh you know Brian Brennan's on this list. He he had forty three hundred yards as as a Browns receiver, and he's thought of as I mean he's not thought of as an all time great, but he's thought of as man he's one of the one of the really nice receivers to play for the Browns. Right. You guys know how many yards Amari well, you know, Cooper has in his career? Amari Cooper has. Seven thousand seventy-six yards in his career. If he had played in Cleveland his whole career, he would be the Browns' number one all-time <laughs> wide receiver. What he about would. Jarvis? If you add his yards to Miami, if he would have played here his whole career, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I could look it up, but yeah, <laughs> I got you. I can look at it real quick. Yeah, I'll, I'll let no, you check. I mean, the point is, I wonder, Rod. I wonder, Rod, if, if if somebody on a podcast like 10 years from now is going to look back at the Browns numbers and say, you know, that organization had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry <laughs> on the team together, and neither one of them got 500 yards. <laughs> How'd they even do that? Yeah. How'd that happen? <laughs> playing, playing with a quarterback who was hurt. I mean, you know, uh, it's just weird. Just weird. Yeah, but, yeah it is it's a just, weird position. Yeah, so so it's just strange for me, guys, that, that the Browns, you know, the wide receiver's been a sore spot, but, but, man, how hard would it be for the Browns to get a guy in here and put up a career with five, six, seven thousand yards? Right. And, so I and looked just, it up, and Jarvis's career had 7,598 yards. 
Yeah, so he yeah, if he played his whole career here, he'd be at Brown's number one all time wide receiver too. Yeah. In receiving yards. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just amazing when you look at it. He you know, either one of these guys would be at a, you know, a thousand yards or five hundred, a thousand yards uh, ahead of anybody else who ever played here. Mm-hmm. You know, ahead of Webster Slaughter and and all all these guys. I Reggie think that's Brock. sort of indicative of of how NFL contracts work at the wide receiver position, though, because it's such a yeah. marquee position and so so highly compensated. You know, the, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really the reason we have Amari Cooper, right? Is that you know Dallas didn't yeah. want to pay him. You yeah. know, so um, I mean, yeah, it 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 wouldn't wouldn't be hard, but the reality is, is if a guy strings together you know, four good seasons, um, he's off to another team, <laughs> typically, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, that's true. That's I mean, true. you know, I, if, if if Peter Jones is right about David Bell, um, you know, as a, as a mid-round pick uh, and, and a really strong possession guy that, you know, the Browns could conceivably keep long-term, um, you know, he, he could have a real good shot <laughs> at, at getting into the, you know, top two or three. It's just crazy to talk about with the what well, what round was he a fourth round pick? End of the third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy to talk about the third round pick right now, but that's yeah. that's just how low the ceiling is, really. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, I got one more position, and you guys are gonna you guys are gonna like this. Okay. <laughs> David and Joku and tight end. Okay. <laughs> I knew now, it was coming. <laughs> you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming because we know we know Cleveland and tight ends. Okay, uh, the Browns have had had one of the greatest tight ends of all time, and Ozzie Newsom, who actually had more receiving yards than any wide receiver who ever played here, and that's seven thousand nine hundred and eighty. Okay, um, it's pretty slim pickings after that, though. In Brown's history, um, and I, Jeff, I have to ask you: Do you do you remember a guy named Milt Morin who played <laughs> for the Browns in the seventies? No, I, I recognize the name. I recognize the name, but um, I did not even recognize no. the name. I think he played into the early to mid seventies. Yeah, um, I th- from what I saw, and I was just going through the Browns' all-time leading reception uh, yardage thing, where it showed um, wide receivers and tight ends and everybody. Um, you know, the top tight end was Ozzie. This Milt Morin was was second with four thousand two hundred and eight yards, and I've never even heard of him. <laughs> um, yeah. Number number three is uh, is. Everybody's favorite tight end in Cleveland, Kellen Winslow, <laughs> with 2,459 yards. Wow. And number four is Gary Barnage with 1,938. Oh, my God. Okay. Gary Barnage had a nice career. Yeah, remember that one year? He had that one year where he went pretty – he went off that one year. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He had a great season. And uh, a great season. 2014, maybe? Yeah. We had yeah. quite a few guys who, who had, you know – a couple, maybe three good seasons here. But, yeah, it, you know, nobody it, with any real longevity. It, it was yeah. kind of weird. The Browns would have a guy have a good season, and he would either disappear or just be gone the next year. Yeah. You know, and then they would have somebody else in. But I bring this up yeah. because 
David Njoku signs this extension, and I don't know if you guys know how many yards he has right now, and I'm I'm certainly not bragging on him for the amount of yards he has because it's taken him five seasons to put 1,754 yards together. Oh, so he's got to be close <laughs> to Barnard's then, right? He's got to be right behind Barnard's Yeah, he's, he's uh, I mean, he's less than 200 yards behind Gary Barnett's to move into to fourth place. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's only he's only 800 yards behind Kellen Winslow. You know, he could um, – if the Browns actually use him and, and he's able to play like everybody thinks he is, you know, he could he could theoretically over the term of this contract challenge to be the number two all-time tight end in Browns history. Yeah. Um, 4,200 yards might be a stretch, but 2,500 certainly isn't. How does that make you guys feel? <laughs> I started to put names down, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, the Browns, just they just have not had a lot of success with, you know, with, with uh, tight ends as far as longevity, you know, to put up big numbers. Right. But I agree with what you say, Jeff. They, they've had some good tight ends. They just haven't put, you know, put up numbers over time. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I was so disappointed that the Browns didn't draft a tight end this year. Um, with you know, with the deep pool of of guys coming out of college, that you just got to keep trying to find that guy. You know, um, and you're right, we haven't had much success at it. Um, we committed a a, a really high pick to David Njoku and now we've committed a, a whole lot of money to him mm-hmm. um, if those two things don't add up to being the number two tight end in Brown's history based on you know what the competition has been um, boy that'll that'll be really sad <laughs> yeah well let's see over over the past two seasons he's averaged well i mean even if you give him the 475 he had last season if you even if you say he has 500 a season for the next four years um you know that's another 2000 he would be at 3754 he would be he would be about um he would be about 500 yards short of, of moving into second um on hmm. on the uh, tight end list so you know he could be in the neighborhood yeah. especially if he's used more um yeah it's just you know it's um it's kind of like the wide receiver thing except we except the browns have an all-time great at top for him to to earn his contract he's got to be a high usage guy um and he's he's got to be a primary focus of the offense for the next at least three seasons and you know if that gets him eight, 900 yards per season, then, you know, now you're probably talking about getting into second place, right? Yeah, that would put him there. So, yeah. So does that make him the, the, the second greatest tight end in Brown's history? No, it just makes him the second highest yardage tight, tight end in Brown's <laughs> history because I would yeah, not put the yeah. word great in front of his name at that point. 
Yeah, and yeah, you know how the, you guys know how these lists work. Um, getting the most yards, the most of anything, doesn't mean you were necessarily the best. You know, it means you played the longest, accumulated stats. Sometimes it means you were the best, but it's not necessarily, you know, um, an end all to the conversation. Right. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah, you know, just going back to, to Denzel real quick, I mean, I can look at him and how he impacts the game, and I can say definitively that he has the skill set and he has the, the, the type of influence on the, on the rest of the team that elevates other people. I can't say that about David and Joe Kunai at, at this point. Yeah, well, and you're, and you're looking at how the game has changed, too. So guys put up bigger stats now. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was harder for – it's a lot harder for Ozzie Newsome to get almost 8,000 yards when he played than it is for a tight end now. You know? Yeah. Imagine what Ozzie could do, you know, with, with today's rules. So, you know, he'd well, be I mean, to, yeah, Ozzie and, 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 and Winslow Sr. really sort of revolutionized that position to, to more of a pass-catching type of yeah. position anyway. Yeah, definitely. You know, they, they weren't blockers, you know. Um, they weren't asked to block much. Um, no. So, yeah, you know, today the, the, the tight end position is very specialized, I think, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, guys like David Njoku, you know, yeah, he's okay. They're real proud of the fact that he's learned how to block, okay, over the last couple of seasons. Um but primarily, he's been he's been a, a, a target of, of Baker and you know in the offense. Um, yeah. So to produce what he's produced in that role is 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 pretty abysmal. So yeah, yeah. I'm not going to forget Ozzie Newsom anytime soon. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think he's catching Ozzie. No, <laughs> not at all. All right. <laughs> Um, that was, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. We're not going <laughs> to, that's, um, that's all the, uh, that's all, I think that's all the guys really were talking about, but, uh, but yeah, that, that was cool guys. So, um, so yeah, let, let's, uh, let, let's give you guys a chance to, uh, to give some closing thoughts. So, so Eric, we, we appreciate you joining us tonight. It's been fun talking and, um, Again, everybody can give you a follow at underscore Eric Wheeler underscore. And um, what would you like to leave the listeners with tonight? Um, I'm excited to see. Um, I as just to touch on it real quick. I think everyone needs to be more patient with the Baker situation. I think we all knew this was going to be a long ride once the trade happened. Um, but besides that, man, I mean, go Browns and let's get this rolling. I'm excited for training camp see some actual footage and hear some news, hear guys talk more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jeff, closing words tonight? I'm just glad we didn't talk about who's going to be the second best quarterback in Browns history. <laughs> I didn't want I to thought touch. it was going to be his last question. <laughs> I didn't want to touch that one. We haven't, we haven't seen him take a snap yet. Let's let him play first. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> All right. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.